Are Greg and Maya professional reviewers? Absolutely not. Like amateurs at best, but it's okay because they're funny, smart, and kind of adorable. Bless their hearts. So sit back, relax, and tune into this week's episode of All Cued Up. Hello, all queued up listeners. Welcome to a random episode of Uninhibited. Um, For anyone that listened to the other episode, our main podcast that uploaded today as well, uh, you'll notice in it we kind of talk about doing this Uninhibited um, as we're going to have a long discussion about wrestling, Uh, a few things in wrestling, because quite a bit's happened in the past week. Uh, But it seems to be a major interest of both Maya and I. So uh, we were kind of workshopping the idea of doing a... Uh, wrestling podcast um nothing is concrete right now we don't even have a name for it so but uh we figured we'd do one as an uninhibited see where it goes see how it feels uh we definitely don't have a script for this one like i do with the other show so we're just kind of winging it but um but yeah so we're going to kind of discuss all things wrestling we're going to talk about the royal rumble a little bit we're going to talk about how certain wrestlers are getting up there in age and and uh, a big match that was meant to happen for WrestleMania no longer exists. Um, we're also going to talk about the, the the huge chunk of the podcast is going to be about the uh, lawsuit against Vince McMahon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so if this is something you guys like, let us know and we'll go from there. If not, we're still going to do it because that's how we work. We just do what we want. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my right, um, Cartman. Do I want? Fuck yeah, do I want? Uh, God, every time, every time someone quotes that, it's like I. There's like a fun fact story about me in regards to that, but that's for a different conversation. Uh, but Maya, why don't you go yeah. ahead and uh, fill us in on what's going on? Well, where do you want me to start? You want to start with Tuesday of last week when they announced the Netflix deal? We kind of touched on that on the last show. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's go with let's start with uh, was it Thursday or Friday that the lawsuit came out? Thursday morning, a lawsuit was filed in uh, Connecticut uh, federal court uh, from a former WWE staffer, uh, the plaintiff Janelle Grant, uh, against. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment Inc., uh, World Wrestling Entertainment LLC, WWE essentially, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and John Laurinaitis. Uh, and Miss Grant is alleging. Now, everything is alleged. Uh, I'm just going to put that right now. Everything that we're saying is alleged. And sure, there will be some speculation. Uh, but a lot of these things and quotes I'm going to be pulling from this lawsuit. Holy shit. What's up? Just, no, that's just oh. my reaction to it when I was reading it. The level <coughs> of disturbing and disgusting things. Yeah. Uh, but Miss Grant, she's a former employee of WWE who was the victim of physical and emotional abuse, sexual assault, and trafficking at WWE. 
Ms. Grant's filing this lawsuit not just to address her own suffering, but also to act for those who are afraid to speak out. And we'll touch on that later. Um, basically, uh, Vince McMahon was living in a penthouse duplex in her apartment building. In 2019, she was introduced to him after the death of her parents. She was dealing with profound grief and struggling financially. After devoting years of around-the-clock caregiving to her parents, they passed away. On top of that, she was unemployed, and her family home was just lost in her parents' bankruptcy. After her family passed away, Miss Grant dedicated herself to finding gainful employment. Neighbors in her building provided career advice, sought her assistance with personal events, she was used these non-paying roles in volunteer work and community initiatives to build her resume. The building's resident manager wanted to help. She messaged McMahon to ask whether he would talk to her, sharing that Miss Grant had been through hardship and would do great things if given a fresh start. McMahon enthusiastically responded, "Hell yes." Um. Normally, I would have made a joke right there, you know, a Stone Cold reference, but. Honestly, with the topic we're dealing with, I'm not really in the mood for jokes. Uh, basically, he promised uh, giving her hopes of a new life with promises of a yet-to-be-determined role at WWE and began to shower her with attention and assurances along with gifts like a VIP experience at WrestleMania. Uh, this all occurred in the spring of 2019. Uh, he began dangling career-making and life-changing promises in front of her and demonstrating an, demonstrating an increasing lack of boundaries. During several meetings that were ostensibly about a potential job at WWE, he greeted her in his underwear, touched her, repeatedly asking for hugs, and spent hours sharing intimate details about his personal life. Uh, he warned that they needed to keep their closeness secret, uh, lest rumors lead to public trouble, and added that while he protects loyal people, he had world-class legal resources on speed dial to deal with people who became a problem. Uh, basically, he... Uh, let's see... In return for long-promised employment, she felt trapped in an impossible uh, situation. She submitted to a physical relationship, uh, submitted to his sexual demands, or faced financial ruin. He was dangling a job in front of her face and basically created a position for her, and she feared she had everything to lose, faced negative consequences no matter what happened, so she gave in. After she succumbed to the pressure for a physical relationship, she was slotted into an entry-level position as an administrator coordinator, which was a position that was solely created in the WWE's legal department. And she took the, she began starting that work in that role on <coughs> June seventeenth of twenty nineteen. Um, so it boils down to. He promised her a job, then said, I'll give you a job, essentially, if you'll have sex with me. And then once he did, he's, he's displaying more and more control 
some of the allegations include, you know, he uh, started sharing sexually explicit photos of her and videos of her, including pornographic content that he personally recorded with other men, both inside and outside the company, including members of the television tech team, executives, producers, and a world-famous athlete and former UFC heavyweight champion with whom WWE was actively trying to sign a new contract at the time, and ultimately did sign that contract, and that would be one Brock Lesnar. Um, I used to be a fan of Lesnar. Last Thursday, I stopped being a fan of Lesnar. I mean, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. I have been a staunch, I don't like Brock Lesnar for a long fucking time. I agree. I know this. Uh, but, you know me. I love the heels. Lesnar was a great heel. Uh, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I, guy always came off as like a fucking prick, so. And like not even as a Well, hero. he was. But now he's a scumbag on top of that. Uh, let's see. So let's get to the actual... Okay, here. Paragraph 20. One example of McMahon's extreme depravity on May 9th, 2020. During a threesome with his physical therapist... Uh, McMahon defecated on Miss Grant and then commanded her to continue pleasuring his friend with feces in her hair and running down her back while he went to the bathroom to shower off. Upon returning from the bathroom, McMahon and his friend actively resumed the threesome, which lasted around an hour to an hour and a half. During the entire time, Miss Grant remained covered in McMahon's excrement. Now, I'm not going to kink shame anybody, but that's just fucking gross. And also... Oh, I don't have a problem kink shaming Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, it also didn't sound consensual. And here's the thing, and I was, I've, I've watched legal analysis of this from lawyers. Um, this... This... Uh, she was coerced into this physical relationship. She didn't want it. And her her claim initially shows that when he tried to initiate it, she rebuffed his advances. She's like, no, I just need a job. I need your help. I just need a job. And he's like, do this and get the job. So she gave in. You know, yeah. she was coerced. And in 2022, um, Vince suddenly left the company because there were allegations of sexual misconduct with a paralegal was just the term that was used. This is <coughs> Miss Grant is the same woman that was a former company employee who signed a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA. We'll just say NDA from here on out. Uh, against, uh, you know, he, Vince said 
sign this NDA and I'll pay you $3 million. You never speak of this again. And they signed it. He paid a million dollars. Then after a few months, he returned back to WWE, facilitated the sale of the company to Endeavor. Uh, Endeavor merged the UFC and WWE into the TKA Group Holdings. Um, And then uh, they named Vince to the executive chairman of the board for TKO Holdings Group or group holdings, or whatever they're called. Well, McMahon's gone. He's done. He's these. This lawsuit hit Thursday, Friday morning, Slim Jim, the biggest sponsor of WWE, their most profitable sponsor they've ever had, said, you know what? We're putting our sponsorship deal and their agreement on hold with WWE. Uh, less than a half an hour later, there was a leak on Twitter that Nick Khan, the president of the WWE, uh, had said that Vince had tendered his resignation and he is resigned effective immediately from the board of uh, both TKO. He wasn't on the board at WWE anymore, but he is officially gone. He has no power. He can't bully his way back onto a board. He doesn't have enough shares in stock to do so now. Uh, he's done. And with these horrible allegations of Vince making promises uh, in exchange for sexual favors, uh, <clears throat> promising her to Brock Lesnar, sharing her with John Laurinaitis, sharing her with his personal trainer, uh, and there's screenshots of text messages from him in this that are damning. You know, people are saying Vince McMahon has destroyed his legacy. Um, he he should be basically Benoit, you know. And Friday yeah. night, uh, it was wasn't even Saturday yet. Friday night, WWE.com in their uh, alumni and wrestlers and, you know, talent section, their superstars, whatever they want to call them, Vince McMahon's profile was removed uh, that evening. Uh, And it's basically when you try to click on it, it says you don't have permission to view this page. So the page is still there. There's just no public access to it. Gotcha. Uh. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I've seen a lot of memes and jokes like coming out of this. Like, uh, one of my favorite ones was, uh, it's a, it's a shot from back in the attitude era and Vince is in the ring and he yells to towards the, the, the top of the ramp. And he's like, get your ass out here, you rapist. And then like when the camera cuts to the person walking out, it was Vince McMahon. I was like, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah. genuinely really funny. Um, well, one of the things is Vince and Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis, uh, locked her in an office, locked the door behind her, and took turns yeah. raping her. One would hold her down while the other one went to town on her. Which, good lord. It's horrible. So it's like, you know, I get that well, 
and the other thing there I was are people mention. trying to defend these actions. Of course, of course, I'm saying, are. "Oh, she's Let's making it up." One of the things that I've seen, um, I actually have it up right now. It's it's essentially like a five minute video. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It might be longer than that, but it is a clip from 1992 on the on the Donahue show, and it's a guy just absolutely giving Vince the business over rape allegations within the WWE. And it's like Vince is constantly denying them. And like this lawsuit, all the events from what I understand with this lawsuit were what, the early 2000s? Uh, no, 2019 <clears throat> to 2022. Oh, so even more recent than I thought. Yeah. How long has Vince been doing this to other women? Oh, that's the thing. You know, I've I've listened to podcasts over the years, and the story was Vince was always a workaholic. He would always be at the office. Well, now we know what he was doing at the fucking office, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. it's, it's, It's disgusting. And you know the first allegations that I <coughs> there there was a, a, a female referee, the first female referee that the WWF had. This was back when the pre WWE days right. was named Rita Chatterton, and she always alleged that Vince raped her in a limousine one night. And then when she tried <laughs> to come forward about it, he fired her and had her blackballed from the wrestling business entirely you know this was like 1988 ish Jesus yeah so there's allegations that he's been doing it for that long uh one of let me let me look up this story because I don't want to misquote it but do you remember uh, the wrestler uh, Ashley Massaro? No. She was... She basically... Uh, she was a girlfriend of Paul Linden. Um, apparently there was an encounter... Um, let's see. In November of 2016, Masaru joined a class action lawsuit against WWE litigated by Constantine Kiros, who had been involved in a number of other lawsuits against them, alleging that the company concealed risks of injury that caused them neurological damage. Masaru also alleged that she was sexually assaulted at a U.S. military base during a WWE tour of Kuwait and that WWE apologized but persuaded her not to report it to the appropriate authorities. The lawsuit was dismissed in late 2018. She committed suicide in 2019. Oh, my God. There, you know, it's basically... uh, Paul London believes that, you know, Paul London was who... She dated back when they were both in WWE. Um, 
he says that she emerged. Uh, now, I don't know if this is related, but he said that there was another time uh, she emerged from Vince's office or behind closed doors with Vince, and she was trembling and shaking and legitimately scared. But he believes that, you know, Vince tried to sexually assault her. And, yeah. you know, I don't doubt it because look at how he acted on air when he became the disgusting, perverted Mr. McMahon character on air. The things that he would do to demean and degrade women on camera, <coughs> the things that he said on camera, the things he would script for other wrestlers to say on camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. And then there was that promo that I showed you the clip of on Twitter of Stephanie back in the early 2000s, you know, saying, you know, I don't know how much of it was true or not, but Jesus Christ, she's basically saying, you promised me to your business partners. And you know what? I did it because I wanted to make you happy and this and that. And, but you know, with all this Vince fallout, He's done. He's a stain on the industry, and he should go down, and he should be prosecuted. And I was watching a criminal attorney who has a YouTube channel this morning, uh, right before we recorded. Uh, Let's see. His name was Bruce, Bruce Rivers. He has a YouTube channel, CLR Bruce Rivers. Uh... It was published maybe this morning. It's already got 127,000 views, but it's a 38-minute legal analysis uh, where he goes into it. And he's like, there's no way that this doesn't get turned into a criminal trial because right now it's a civil suit. But the acts of it in it, there are criminal acts that are defined because they go against the Sex Trafficking Act that was enacted just a couple of years ago. Uh, oh shit! Okay, yeah, makes sense. Because they uh, in the text messages from Vince, I'm not going to read them verbatim because Jesus Christ, Vince texts like you know a 14 year old. He oh, yeah, really does. Uh, but uh, he's basically basically telling her that he's promised her to Brock. And he's already told Brock that she's gonna, uh, she'll do anything that he asks. He gives Brock her number. Brock asked her for videos of her peeing, of oh her urinating. <laughs> Sorry, it's just there's something funny about that. Like, I'm not surprised that he has like a piss fetish. Well, you know, there's a saying that we have here in the South, especially when it rains very hard. Uh, it sounds like a cow pissing on a flat rock. Well, you know, Brock lives in Minnesota. He has a farm. He has cows, I'm sure. I'm sure he has <coughs> cow piss hitting a flat rock. He's probably got some kind of weird piss fetish. Obviously, he does when he's asking for a video of a girl peeing. But I wonder if that's what he was going for. God, that's funny to me. Another thing, not not, not him, not him propositioning her, but him having a piss fetish is fucking hilarious to me. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. One of the things, uh, and you know, when you first hear about it out of context, you think, oh, shit, that is funny. But then you hear what happens. Oh, no. I'm like, like uh, Vince would use dildos on her. But depending on the color of the dildo, he would name them after wrestlers. Like if uh, that, that was a black dildo, he would name them after an African-American wrestler. If it was a white you, dildo, he would name them after a Caucasian wrestler. You've got you to understand, that is also very funny. Oh, it's fucked up. On its, on its own, on its own, yes, it's funny. But the act in which because it was used, absolutely horrific. He, here's why it's also funny to me. It is literally the joke that the boys has made, have made. Like that Vought has actual dildos named after the superheroes in that world. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. In fact, there was an f- episode of The Boys uh, where Kimiko is working for little Nina. And, you know, the, her, her mission is to assassinate this target. And he's got all these superheroes, uh, dil- superhero-themed dildos. And, you know... Kimiko actually kills him with one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's there's been jokes about it in in uh, pop culture and the boys specifically, but this is somebody that actually practice, actual yeah. actually does it. It's like, oh, here I come with my big E. Oh, are you ready for the big show? Oh. I, I think if the, it's other, a tiny the other part one, if it's called the John Cena because you know you can't see it. Oh, I was like, does John Cena have a tiny dick? Is this like a thing that we know? I was so confused. No, no, the whole you can't see me thing. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. I, I just, it's disgusting. I feel so awful for this woman and don't doubt a word of her story you know uh, there's just too many stories that I've heard over the years either by word of mouth or on a podcast about Vince and you know just the on screen evidence before your eyes like how much of that is the real Vince McMahon versus how much of that is the character, Mr. McMahon. Right. And, you know, it makes you wonder, uh, one of the texts, I'm not, I'm just paraphrasing it right now because I'm not going to dig for the text. Cause this is a 67 page filing. Yeah. It's but huge. one of the texts he actually says, He's like, I want you and Johnny to find a friend. But you guys, you know, get intimate with him first before you introduce him to me. That way it'll be like a test run. And then promise her that he's going to find more friends to do things with. And 
one of the stories, and this is just pure rumor, there's no truth to it to my knowledge, but one of the stories is back in the day, the reason Shawn Michaels got the push that he got and not Marty Jannetty when they split up is because Shawn Michaels was willing to take it up the ass in front of Vince. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say that's a rumor. I'm not gonna oh, totally rumor. Totally rumor. But that's the thing. How much of it is rumor, though? That is apparently his character, you know, his, his personality. That's what it comes across as. It's like, he's been like that since the eighties, early nineties that we know of, you know, and he's got in his mind that he thinks he's untouchable, but there's no way because of the violations uh, that he has done that this won't go to a criminal trial when they go to discovery because it will go to discovery. I hope he gets the entire fucking book thrown at him. Like, I want to make that crystal clear. Based on my, like, the things that I have quote-unquote found funny, I want Vince to have the entire... Like, I want I want him to go down hard. No pun intended. Um, none. None taken. Like, I don't think he deserves human rights at this point. I mean... He definitely, definitely deserves a very harsh punishment uh, because what he put this woman through, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. You aren't sexually solicited, sold, raped, assaulted, whatever, without some kind of horrible trauma that comes with it. Exactly. Um, so I hope he gets everything coming to him. There's a phrase that's like to horrible people, like I hope you get the day you deserve or you you, know, you have the day you deserve. And yeah. I genuinely hope that for Vince too. Like it is so bad with what he did. And Oh man. So yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, we're not, obviously going to cover everything in this but what i'm going to do uh, there is a link this is public anybody in the public can read this yeah so there's a link to the fucking filing that i'm going to put in the show notes where you can read them for yourself to read these awful allegations the horrible things that he's saying and i dare anybody out there to try to defend these actions you know or trying to make the argument that she was a willing participant. You know, he groomed her. He groomed her and made promises. And, you know, yes, he did create a job for her. Yes, he gave her a job. Yes, he gave her a salary. But look at the trauma that he's given this woman. Yeah. You know, yes, he showered her with gifts, uh, but he also, you know, just because you're kind of a piece of shit if you think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like absolutely. first off, first off, like you can shower somebody with gifts and be really kind and nice to them without, you know, sexually harming their mental abusing state. them. 
It's horrible. But one of the things I wanted to bring up, (coughs) if you or someone you know, friend or loved one, is going through anything like this, uh, there's help out there. Uh, Rain.org, R-A-I-N-N.org. There is a 1-800-247 helpline. It's, uh, the number is 800-656-HOPE, which is 4673. And we'll link to their website as well. It's the National Sexual Assault Hotline. It's free, it's confidential, it's 24-7. Uh, because according to their statistics, every 68 seconds... An American is sexually assaulted, and every nine minutes, that victim is a child. Uh, They also have a section, you know, for laws, uh, for the legal definition of rape, to the statute of limitations for a particular sex crime in the state that you live. So they have that broken down a section state by state. Um, So... Hopefully no one out there is going through anything like that or knows anyone who is going through anything like that. But if they are, here's a link that can hopefully provide uh, the beginning steps of help for that person. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's distressing and disturbing. And I encourage you to read the filing for yourself take a while look it over it's horrific it's graphic it's extremely graphic not to sound Uh, like that guy not to sound like that guy but no I'm not going to say it fuck it okay (laughs) it's going to come across wrong and I'm not trying to make it come across wrong. Like the what what I want to say is basically like, if you've there are worse out there. There are worse core filings out there that I've read, and because that that makes it right there makes it sound like oh, Vince's not as bad, and that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like if you haven't read those, you might want to avoid this just because how graphic it is. That's that's my point. Like no, I'm desensitized. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. And we also game with Andy. So. <laughs> We've been desensitized to a lot of things over the years. Yeah. So, but. Um, well, do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to add to the Vince topic? Before. Um, not, I mean, not more than just like, you know, when, when women. When women go to the extent of creating a lawsuit or um, have history, have evidence, like, listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. I think our society as a whole kind of just dismisses a lot of shit like that because a lot of people don't want to accept that there are awful, awful people like that in the world. Um I think Triple H is doing an excellent job with WWE right now, with storylines and stuff. I think he's doing a great job. 
<clears throat> so I was really, really hoping he wasn't named in the lawsuit. But if he is, if somehow it comes out that he was a part of all this shit, fuck him. Fuck him right off. Um, that sounded weird. The point is, like, get rid of him. Out. Done. I, under the bus. Do not care. Um, you do horrible things on how much I like you. I have zero problem fucking writing you off. I don't care what fucking product you've made that I fucking love. It's, it's, you know, I go back to Harry Potter. Yeah. J.K. Rowling's a piece of shit. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other way around it. So, in my mind, yeah, does she still own Harry Potter and make money off of it? Yes. But when talking about Harry Potter, I don't talk about her. I don't bring her up. She can go fuck herself. She created a world for everybody to exist, and now it belongs to everybody else. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, Vince didn't create wrestling, but (coughs) he is responsible for its growth and popularity and what it became, Uh, especially, you know, what it started out as to where it is now. I mean, he's a huge part of that. But at yeah. the same time, I don't respect him an ounce for any of it. Do I appreciate that we have professional wrestling? Yes. I love watching wrestling. Uh, there are, you know, I, I have my preferences. Uh, Let's be honest, though. It still exists without Vince. To what degree? Who knows? It exists without Vince. And it will continue to do so without Vince. And he shouldn't be mentioned in basically he shouldn't be held in any type of reverence for his business accomplishments because of the horrific things that he's done in his personal life. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be more people come forward. I guarantee it. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's why I'm just, that's why I'm really, really hoping that there are quite a few wrestlers. Because if Brock was mentioned, there's got to be more. And I'm just, I'm really, really hoping that it's not any, any wrestlers that I am a big fan of or that I want to see succeed more so. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just kind of like, you know, like. No, I get you. I get you. I think there are wrestlers that will never be named on there, genuinely, like Mick Foley. That dude's such a hardcore family man, I can't imagine him being named, but... No, no. But yeah, I don't know, it's just... I don't know. I, uh... It's awful, and you hate to see something like this, because it, it, you know, sours the name overall. There's nothing that is going to be fully recoverable from the name of WWE going forward. Will people still enjoy wrestling? Yeah, I'm still going to watch it every week. As a matter of fact, I, you know, that's part of the reason I want to start that show. But there is a, there's a stain on the name now. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people uh, are it like... It has to be a shit stain. Well, that's Vince Russo. All right. Well, well the joke didn't land like I wanted it to. Well, no, that, that is the joke. I, mean, I listen to Jim Cornette a lot. And his fucking name for Vince Russo is shit stain. Okay, well, my joke was regarding that Vince shit on that shit on her head. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. 
re, re, regardless, um, you know, it, it's it's awful. But he was let go Friday. Uh, Saturday, Slim Jim said, you know what? He's gone. We're back. Our sponsorship deal's back uh, unpaused, you know? Yeah. And they sponsored the Royal Rumble, which we watched. And uh, we were both texting back and forth in real time <coughs> during the uh, show. Yeah. And I have to say, and I've heard, you know, some people say they didn't enjoy this rumble as much as past rumbles, but I thought the women's rumble was excellent. And in fact, I enjoyed it more than the men's rumble. It was better than the men's. There was a couple reasons behind that. I think like, I do agree with people that, that not the numbered location of like surprises should be at certain points. And I love Sami Zayn, but having him at 30 just felt kind of ho-hum. It wasn't like he was gone forever. He left three weeks ago and then came back at Rumble. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, it just was an odd, odd finish. But, like, the Rumble was fun. Like, people talk shit about the Pat McAfee moment. And I'm like, that shit was hilarious. That shit is always fun. You always are going to have that that jobber comedy moment at a, at, a, at a Rumble. It just is what it is. Like... But people made a stink about that one, too. Um, I mean, I could have done without it. But that's just me. I'm not a huge fan as if we continue to do this on a regular basis. People will learn I'm not a huge fan of comedy and wrestling. Whereas I am. And I think that's a... At least I hope that's a good dynamic for people to want to listen to us. Because like one of my favorite things that I ever had that I've ever seen in wrestling was like uh, Santino. Um, I fucking hate Santino. Oh, the dude's hilarious. But that finishing move, putting the fucking green sock on to make it look like a snake, and then the, the whole like chopping his arm and making it bend, and then striking like a snake—that's so stupid. So stupid. The fact that people would watch it like mesmerized and sell it. Stupid. Who was mesmerized by it? We were all laughing. It was hilarious. I'm talking about in the ring. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Why would you not sell that? I don't see a place for it. Is what I'm saying. You know, yeah, the thing I like that, things that are organically funny, but that just felt so forced and out of place, and it just took me out of it every time. And which is a sad thing because the guy was a good, <coughs> decent enough worker. You say that about about Ron Killings too, but all this comedy shit that he's done over the years has always been his idea. Yeah. And I'm not taking away from his talent. Uh, you know, he's incredibly talented. And he's a naturally funny guy. But I think the but, problem is is that for me, whenever you talk about that, you say you say things like, it sucks they're making him do this. Or it sucks that like he's he's such a good ring worker that he has to do this comedy stuff. And I'm like, it's his choice. And they're not making him do anything. He wants to do this. Oh, I get that. You know, and... 
it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, but that's the thing, you know, wrestling has grown into its variety and there's something out there for everyone to enjoy. Uh, you know, even as much as I'm down on certain things, there are still a lot of things that I do enjoy. And those are things that we can discuss and talk about. But, uh, it's, it's, you guys will learn very quickly that like things that I really, really, really enjoy from wrestling are things like that. You currently see in, in, in AEW right now with Tony storm. I fucking love Tony storm. I'll watch clips. Oh, of yeah. Her do shit like it's so she's so fucking funny her characters are just a, a joy to watch every single week it's one of the few positive things that aew has going for them right now true they don't have a lot going for them positively uh right now that's one of the better things and you know it's not enough but we can discuss aew's woes another time uh, i know uh, hopefully, anyway, if people like what we have to say. I'm giving them a taste, man. That's why I'm bringing all this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I feel like you're, push, you're pushing to a different topic, and I'm like, I don't know what she's, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't, know what she wants to do to. I, don't, I don't mean to be. Uh, well, you keep saying we talk about it another time, so I'm curious what... Oh, you know, I was just like continuing a rumble conversation. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that's that's what I was asking. I was like, I was like, is there a different topic we were going to discuss? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I was super happy to see the <coughs> Cargill. Uh, oh yeah, she came in, showdown with Nia Jax immediately, uh, showing that she's not intimidated and quite impressive. Picked her up, one arm, yeah. dumps her, slams her back to the mat. Then picks her up and dumps her right over the top rope. No I was like, problems. You want to introduce her in a good way. That's how you fucking do that. Yeah. Uh, it was also really cool to see Jordan Grace, the TNA Knockouts champion, show up uh, in the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, and I was happy that my pick, and who I hoped would win, Bailey, did win. I think it was a smart move, smart decision to go with her. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you and I are, it's always interesting how we kind of talk about who they're going to push and not push and why. And I tend to always look at it from uh, two different perspectives based on what's going on. So, like, with the Bailey win, I was looking at it from a story perspective. Um, it's just going to make, like, all of that with, with damage control so much fun here soon uh because i think something's gonna happen to where um bailey's not gonna have the opportunity to face rhea ripley at the wrestlemania at the wrestle like i'm fucking anyway at wrestlemania um and she's gonna have to challenge eo sky gonna have to and that's what's gonna cause the the fallout Um, because she's like the leader, right? She's the quote-unquote de facto leader, but like none of the rest of Damage Control really treat her as such. She just kind of sees herself like that. So she's going to challenge EO at WrestleMania, win the title, pin EO, or like try to force EO to like take the fall 
and that's what's going to cause the friction and she's going to get kicked out like I, I i i don't know it could go a different direction i think that regardless bailey getting kicked out of uh damage control and going face is definitely what's going to happen here <clears throat> i wanted to go face i wanted to stay heel I mean, we'll see. They could, they could make damage control so much face. better as a heel. It'd be harder God to damn. turn four than it is one. Huh? It's harder to turn four than it is just one. Yeah, you're going to have to clarify what the fuck that means. Well, there's five members of damage control. Oh, not gonna turn. It's it's harder to turn four members face yeah. versus turning. No, I got one it now. I got face. it now. Yep. I I can you not hear me? Hello. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I was like, Kips. You kept saying it, and I was like, No, no, no I got it now. I got it now. Because you said it's like I thought it was a fucking some random ass terminology I'd never heard before. I was like, What the fuck does that mean? You were just talking about the members of the damage control. But uh, sometimes I still well, say also, things that go right over your head. Well, you didn't say members, so I'm like, "The fuck are you talking about?" Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I honestly thought that Gunther was gonna win the Rumble because um, they were still gonna give Cody the chance to finish his story in some other way leading up to WrestleMania. Um. But uh, give Gunther the uh, the heavyweight, the one that Seth has now, and then have uh, Punk go against Gunther. That's how I thought they were going to play that out. Like go against Gunther later. I don't know. I might have been wrong on that, but it is it is potential. I will say that, like I've seen some footage from the floor of like the exact moment Punk gets his injury. Yeah, <coughs> during that future shock DDT that he took from Drew McIntyre. Yep. Uh, but it's, uh, he's torn his tricep as much on the shelf for about six months. Probably has to have surgery. I was gonna say I, I'm not a fan of CM Punk. I, I'm not. I've, I've not been arguably ever. Um, I know that he's, he's been he's my favorite, favorite wrestler all time. All time, and I've been. He's been. He's been my favorite since two thousand four, back in his Ring of Honor days. Gosh, <clears throat> he does nothing for me, but I do respect him, and I don't like seeing wrestlers get injured at all. So, but I got to give credit to Drew McIntyre. Like, way to take that and utilize it to become a harder heel, like a stronger heel. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? No, no, it was smart. It was smart. I know he definitely ran it It just past. sucks. Oh, sure. It absolutely sucks. It's, I look at it from a marketing standpoint. I look at it from a storytelling standpoint. And Punk versus Rollins at Mania for the for the that that title was 100% what everybody wanted to see. And now that they're both oh, injured, absolutely. we're not getting that at all. 
And yeah, so that sucks. Also, people like, look, I get it. You don't like punk. I don't like punk either. But to sit there and fucking tweet out under like his or stuff on social media, like fragile Phil, go fuck yourself. You're not part of kayfabe. You're just being a piece of shit. It's a time to It's just unfortunate that it's the same arm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, From what I read, yeah, the tricep on that he tore the tricep on it all out. Right. Um. But yeah, WrestleMania plans are changing because you know they Brock Lesnar was supposed to be in the Rumble. And yeah. then that lawsuit dropped, and he was never <coughs> there. Like, you know what? We don't need you. And they pulled up uh, Braun Breaker, which is Bronson's, uh, Bron- Bronson Steiner. It's Rich Steiner's son. I was going to say, they need uh, to bring, it, bring him up from NXT into the main roster. Well, they like teased him. that. They teased it. He might be on SmackDown this week because they teased oh, a, a kayfabe phone call on Raw Monday to Nick Aldis from uh, Broadbreaker. Oh, uh, yeah. I did. I, I should go back and watch some of that Raw. I didn't get to watch all of it. I did, I had it on so I could see what matches were happening and what the outcomes were, but I couldn't hear any of the dialogue. <laughs> it was funny because you know Greg would text me. Hey, what's so-and-so talking about right now? <laughs> oh, just this. You know, like yeah, I didn't, I didn't Rollins pleading his case to Cody as to why Cody should face him instead of Roman at WrestleMania, uh, which is interesting because if they go that route, that open, you know, there's so many possibilities they can go with storyline wise that would be satisfying. Um, yes, yes, I do appreciate. Like, I'll give Punk this, like, coming out and kind of bearing his soul in the ring like that. Like, kudos, dude. Like, you gave everyone that, like, everyone's disappointed. Because here's the thing I know that I'm in a fucking strong minority when it comes to not liking Punk. Um, like, that dude. I think he's back at number one uh, from all the uh, Truth uh, Judgment Day sales. I could be wrong about that, but uh, the dude, like, his just fucking appearance sells shit. It's wild. So I know that I'm in the minority of not liking punk, but, like... It's okay to be wrong about things, Greg. I've been wrong about things before, too. It's not wrong. It's taste. And I'm just not a fan of a wrestler that comes off as whiny. Sorry. It's okay to be wrong about things. I think I think one of my big problems a lot with with (laughs) certain storytelling, certain stories that are told in wrestling is that wrestling is meant to be fun, and what's not fun to me are under the top storylines, like. The reason that that Cody, the Cody Rhodes CM Punk spot before Mania kind of bored me was it was underwhelming. I like over the top shit with wrestling. We're already talking about guys in the ring who are doing choreographed, well, um, 
uh, practiced moves in the ring to make it look like they're taking injuries. Um, that is, is a silly concept on its own. So when you take that silly concept but add a grounded story, I'm fucking bored to tears. I want over-the-top shit. I want silliness. I want stuff that, like, and I'm not talking always comedy. I'm just talking about, like, you know, go back to the Attitude Era. All those stories were serious. None of them were really funny. So there were funny moments, like like Kurt Angle hitting everyone with milk or um, certain things like that, like, or the, or the what, like, Stuff like that sure was funny, but none of the stories were like grounded. They were all over the top. And that's what I think made it so much fun. And I'm seeing a lot of like stuff like AEW does a lot of like grounded stuff, which is why I'm like snooze fest. Um, so when I see stuff like that promo between Punk and, and Cody, I'm like, I'm going to go take a quick nap. Well, you're like, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen. And I'm like, ah, fucking. You know, what's funny is you're in the minority on your take on that promo because just about everybody I've seen has gone on about how that promo was a master class in promos for people. Yeah, from some people, because a lot of the people that I've talked to, or not talked to, but a lot of people that, uh, there's a lot of people that agree with me too. Like four. If you think that you're in the, the the majority on that promo, I I hate to tell you, but no, it's like a solid fifty fifty from different. everything I've read. Well, you're also you also are kind of you have a little bit of bias when it comes to who you read and listen to. I have found that out about you big time. Because you're like hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I was just waiting for you to continue. Sorry, my shit wigged out on me. My computer wigged out, so I don't know. Um, a lot of people that you told me you listen to, I go and I listen to them or I read what they have to say, and they sound exactly like you. And I'm like, does Maya actually listen to people who disagree with her other than me? Yes. Who? Just depends. I mean, I listen to a lot of different things, but like I said, of of all the things that I've listened to in the past week, um, since that promo, the vast consensus has been, it was a wonderful fucking promo. And that's not coming from my regular everyday listen of Cornette, but that's coming from wrestlers that have shows too. Dutch Mantel, Shane Douglas, uh, fucking uh, Rene Dupree, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, You're literally uh, listing people that I was just criticizing you for listening to exclusively. Do what now? I said, I said you're listing people that I was just talking about. Okay. Like they... They will never see wrestling like how I see wrestling. No. And I'm talking about I I would like you to see people that don't agree with you. There was a guy talking about on Twitter. He's an older gentleman. He's been watching wrestling since he was a kid in the 80s. And he was talking about how when, uh, 
when he watched that promo, he was just kind of like, he kept thinking, why, why do I have to see this? Like, it's fine that they're bringing up old shit for the sake of the promo, but it feels like it feels like WWE primarily is trying too hard to appease to every audience. This is him talking, not me. Oh, that I'm just trying to paraphrase because I I agree with the word. Well, I agree with that actually. Because you got you got you'll have guys come out like Big Bronson Reed, who are just big dudes who seem a little angry, going up against a fucking huge gimmicky character like Ivar. Why? That shit don't work. But then you'll have fucking Cody Rhodes, who is an over the top character. Um, he he like his his fa- his babyface personality is a bit over the top have a promo against a guy like Punk who isn't over the top at all, even a little bit. And so you force Cody to come down to his level, and I hate it. <laughs> see what I'm saying? You see what I'm talking about? I don't I don't see I don't I don't see Cody as over the top. I see him more over the top think? than fucking uh Um he doesn't do He doesn't do promos in a specific way. Cody's very uh not Cody, I'm sorry. Uh, Punk does Punk does very like um uh what do you call that for that uh it was like back in the day wrestling uh, territorial. Does very like territorial type promos. And Cody doesn't. Mm-hmm. Cody's promos are Intentionally instigating to a heel, or his promos are kind of in the same ballpark in my mind as Seth Rollins. Um, and so to me, Cody going against somebody like the Rollins one works just because of the history there. And I know that Cody and and, and Punk have history. Obviously, they were both in AEW for a while. There, <coughs> there's other, you know fucking Ohio Valley and all that shit. Uh, And so that's kind of, to me, where that should go. But it felt like when I was watching that promo, now this is me talking about the guy, I just want to clarify that. When I was watching that promo, it felt like Cody was a different person there. He wasn't the same kind of Cody that we had seen. That makes sense. Does that is that tracking at all? I'm I'm waiting to hear more. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just curious idea. as I'm curious as to how he's an over the top guy in your opinion. I said it. That, that, that yeah, I'm not picking up on it. I mean, I don't know how else to clarify that. Like, he comes out, he does the whole thing, he has pyros. He comes out, his entrance is like, it's, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, they they say the whole thing. 
And Pyro goes off. He punches the ground. He puts his arms out. He goes to the ring. And he does the same kind of like, so blah, blah, blah. What do you want to talk about? And then he kind of talks about some stuff and has a good time with it. And then he's done. Um, and it's always a little bit like, a bit showier. A bit like he has Pyro going off the whole fucking time kind of attitude when he talks on the mic. I'm not talking over the top to like the degree of of some of the other over-the-top guys. But it's definitely at a different wavelength than uh, punk. It just is. It just is. It's just at a different wavelength. It's like... I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just trying to... And I don't think... And I think during that promo, Cody tried to bring his way of doing things down to... I didn't say that Cody is over the top. I said more over the top than Punk is what I originally said, just to clarify that. Um, okay, I misheard that. That's why I was struggling here to f- figure how in the world are you saying that he's over the top. But no, he's just I get like, what you're saying. No, I agree with what I, I agree with that assessment. And my point is, is that I liked Cody before that promo. I like how Cody kind of addresses things and how he interacts with other wrestlers and how he does his baby face. And I guess another issue that I have, Maya, is that, hey, having two baby faces have that kind of promo in the ring fucking sucks. I don't like it. Just plain and simple. <clears throat> it's kind of like this attitude of like, we're on the same team, but we're always infighting. It's just not fun for me. I also want to point out that, like, why? What was the point of the promo? It wasn't like they were leading to a match. There was nothing prior to that that was indicated that that was a necessary promo. Well, it was designed to set up the their... Their what? Their uh, showdown in the Rumble itself. Okay. Like it just I'm sorry, it was it just wasn't it wasn't fun for me to watch. I really didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Like I said, there's things that things out there for everybody and not everybody's going to love everything but i do kind of agree that they're trying too hard to reach an overarching appeal to everybody audience i don't think that i think they should take a step back from that but at this point i don't see how they do it no i don't see how they do it either i mean the, the, one of the unfortunate things is that you have your extremely over-the-top characters, like the fucking Viking Raiders or, uh, I mean, let's say New Day. Uh, not like I fucking love Imperium. I really like New Day. I hate this feud between them. I really do. I like Imperium. I've never liked New Day. I like Xavier a lot. I like Kofi. So. I mean, I respect their ability and their talent. They're good in the ring. 
you know, decent enough on the mic, but never cared for the whole gimmick. The fucking trombones and the fucking dudios and I was about to the slightest. <laughs> oh, I hate that shit so much. <laughs> um, I uh, no, but I hate their feud because it just doesn't. It's it's oil and water to me. It doesn't feel organic. It feels more forced. Yeah, it kind of is a little forced because they were like taking the legitimate like concussion stoppage of Kofi against Vinci a few weeks back. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? We're going to take this opportunity to put them in a program together. And I mean, it worked for me for, uh, for, uh, God damn it. What's his name? I don't know. The middle one. Ludwig Kaiser. Oh, you're talking about the middle guy. Okay. Uh, it worked. The The whole post-match, you know, throwing the chair, fucking drop kicking his head on the fucking ring steps. That was good. That was fun. It helped get him heat. I, I Right. Um, it was decent heat. I just, the whole fucking, it just... I'll give them this. The matches that they've had regarding it have been solid. Really fucking solid. But, oh, yeah. But the actual feud itself, I'm just like, the fuck did this come from? Because, like, one of my favorite things about Imperium is that you have this kind of feud between Giovanni and Ludwig because they're trying to vie for, you know, Papa's attention. And and you have a, 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 um, a defending champion Uh, a fighting champion, as they say, constantly defending the title and winning over and over and over without assistance. That shit was fun. You didn't have to have a feud. But here we are. So I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to end. Are they going to have fucking uh, Xavier or or Kofi go for the Intercontinental? Like, what, what are we doing here? I don't know, but like they need to fucking get the ball rolling on who's going against Gunther for the title at, at Mania. Let me tell you that. Well, <laughs> rumor has it that it was scheduled to be Brock Lesnar. Have Braun Breaker so, come in. Have Braun Breaker be that. And that's something that is, has been suggested. Uh, probably the route they're going to go with, and it would be a good way to get the belt off of uh, Gunther, you know, legitimize Breaker at the same time. Um, and it would free up Gunther to go after the world title. Yeah. I think, like, that's one of the things also is that Walter Kahn um, is a phenomenal ring worker. Like, he is he is incredible in the ring. Genuinely hardcore believe that. Um, that being said, uh, I would, what I would love to see is 
what I think would be fun is that Gunther is given a world championship shot. Um, the one that Seth currently holds. Or heavyweight. Heavyweight championship. There we go. I was like, there's a name for it to distinguish it. Um, he gets a heavyweight. He wins. But now he has two belts, and he has to give up the Intercontinental. Um, well, they, that's what they did with the Ultimate Warrior and Hogan back at WrestleMania Six, was it? Right. I'm not saying this is the first time they would have done it. I'm just saying, like, I think it would be an interesting story having him with two titles and having to give up the Intercontinental. But, like, who does it go to? And then having that be an interesting, like, story to tell. I mean, yeah, they would just vacate the title and then they would find a way to put it on somebody, you know, probably a tournament. Well, I don't, that's what I don't want. I want it to be more of a story. I want it to be more of like a, like a thing that's happening versus just like a, yeah, here we go. There it is. When you say you want it to be a story, how do you mean? Like, uh, you know, Ludwig figures out or he figures that he deserves it. So there's this big fight between that and then you have um, you had a Pierce come out and basically say like, well, we're going to have to have a, um, a tournament of sorts. So then you do that, but you have this whole thing with Ludwig and Giovanni in like in the tournament together. And so they're in fighting with that. And then you have like, let's say Ludwig win it. Um, but now Gunther treats him like shit, like even more so because he's a title holder and inside. Like, see what I'm saying? Like something like that. Like that's what I was, not just like a tournament to have whoever has it, period. Well, yeah, I mean, usually there's always, you know, reasoning behind a tournament when they do their storylines. It's not like Tony Khan. Um, (laughs) The whole tournament to face (coughs) Logan Paul. You know, that was all storyline stuff. I mean, yeah, I was going to be storyline, but I'm just saying, you know. I mean, it was, I it was, was very simplifying. It was very, uh, I would say that that tournament was very, uh, very, very low on the storyline aspect. Like, there was some, but not really. Not until it was obvious that, you know, Kevin was going to win. I mean, it was obvious in week one when they announced who the competitors were. That's what I'm talking about. It, shit, it was a, a no joke, not to like one up you, but it was obvious before they even announced the tournament. Um, it was like crystal clear they were going to give Kevin that shot. But um, it's just to me, a tournament isn't necessarily a story. And it really didn't feel like there was much of a story with that tournament. It was just kind of a thing that happened to lead up to Royal Rumble. Which is fine. I just, you know, add more of a dramatic angle to it. I, I genuinely find things boring when it comes to wrestling when, like, it doesn't, it feels like the story is, like, secondary to everything else. I mean, it's fine to add the story to things, but you and I watch for completely different reasons. Um, and I know. enjoy completely different things. Like 
I'm all about the matches. I love the fucking matches. I hate it when fucking they're notorious for this. They'll do their entrances. It takes five, six, seven, eight minutes to do entrances. Then they'll start a match in 60 seconds. Boom, go to fucking commercial. Come back, show oh, three, four I'm minutes a, of the match. Then boom, go through the fucking commercial again. Oh, I'm not a fan of commercial either, but no, no. But you know, it's just goddamn. Some of the, uh, that's why I'm excited about the Netflix deal. It's like I can finally watch Raw without commercials. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I think that's 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 a fucking fantastic thing for everybody. But um, I just think you know, from my from my opinion on wrestling, wrestling is a spectacle. It's meant to be a spectacle. And if you're not having every aspect of what is what makes a spectacle, then then what the fuck are you doing? No? Yes? Well, I mean... Like, I think there are ways that you can tell story without being, like, a direct fucking soap opera. I think there are ways you can tell story without it having to be, like, a long-ass fucking ring promo. Um, But, to me, like... Part of that spectacle is the entrance. Part of that spectacle is the lead up to the next, you know, pay-per-view slash PLE. Um, That's why the in-ring stuff is not secondary to the, to the other stuff, but it's, it's, it's part of the whole picture. And if you're kind of ignoring one part or you think that one part is unnecessary, it's like, then what, what's the, why are you watching you know what I mean, I see what you're saying. I see where you're coming from there. Yeah, and I wish there was more focus on entering content and promo time shortened down. Like those fucking, you know, twenty minute segments. I don't care how much I love somebody. I don't want to see a twenty minute segment of just two guys talking in the fucking ring. Yeah, which again, I mean, you could add that to the reason I didn't like the fucking Cody Punk promo. Shit was long as hell. Yeah, it went 13 minutes. Uh, It was still great. But it's not every time is every promo long segment's going to be fucking great. It fucking, you know, like three hours is a long period of time to sit through when there's a lot of talking. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, three hours is long for a wrestling show to begin with, but. Raw's never yeah. not been three hours, <laughs> so it's not going to change anytime was, soon. Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't three hours until 2012. I remember it being three hours back in the 90s. No, it was two hours. Raw went to three hours, or not Raw, but uh, Nitro went to three hours because Nitro used to come on from eight to ten. Raw always started and ran nine to eleven. And then they said, we're expanding Nitro, and they expanded it from 8 to 11. It went to three hours. Raw didn't go to three hours until 2012. Well, well. 
I don't always remember it being three hours. Which it I'm feels thinking. like it a lot of times. I was like, I mean, oh wait, because it is. Ah. Uh, well, you know, I'm also, I'm also younger than you by what seven years. So, yeah, you were like moved out as a fully fucking functioning adult by the time Raw, not Raw, but uh, the Attitude Era started. So, I was still in high school. So my memory's going to be a little bit fuzzier on that than yours. But we should well, wrap both this of us up. have good recollections. Well, I mean, I have I have good recollections of what happened on Raw. <laughs> I couldn't give you dates. I couldn't give you time eras, like, but I have a lot of really good memories of that entire time. I remember. Uh, I'm not going to bring that up. Because that's not a good memory. (laughs) Long story short, we didn't make a whole lot of money growing up. And so we couldn't get a whole lot of the pay-per-views. So we had to be like, what happened through friends or see like, uh, like, you know, just watch Raw the next week or whatever and be like, okay, that's what happened. Um, But uh, there was one day where we went, we got to go to a friend's house and their dad had, their dad was a big fan of wrestling. So he bought the pay-per-view and that was the one where uh, Owen Hart fell. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's not a great memory. Oh, May 7th. Yeah. But. 1999? I yeah. think it was. Yeah, ish. Um, now I have to look it up. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping this May puppy up. May 7th. May 7th was his birthday. May 23rd, 1999 was his death date. Because I'm fucking hungry and I would eat today, so I want to wrap this up. Uh, yeah, I'm starving too. Um, well, if you'd like to hear us argue about wrestling, go ahead and let us know in the comments. Because uh, we seem to be talking about it a lot, so why not start a podcast? Especially with the fact that Maya and I a thousand percent see fucking di- wrestling differently. Uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, I, hey guys, uh, we're ending the podcast. I don't know. Do I do the fucking other one? The other podcast? Like, we're going to have the links down below. Follow those. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely have links down below of the (coughs) civil lawsuit filed by Miss Grant against Vince and John Laurinaitis and the WWE, uh, as a company. Uh, we'll have a link to the rain.org uh, as we mentioned uh, and yeah we'll have links to the rest of our social media so follow all that shit um, but yeah yeah uh, as for a sign off we don't really have a sign off for this for this yet this is all a work in progress and it's a first time thing so feedback criticism let us have it you know, yeah. let us hear your thoughts. We want to hear your thoughts because, hey, this is something that we want to do. And essentially, you know, we haven't really talked 
too much about what we would do. We would essentially just be talking about the weekend wrestling, you know, what happened in WWE, what happened in AEW, and, you know, various news stories emerging from, but just covering the shows, what we thought of the shows, what have you. But if there are specific things that you would want to hear about from our perspectives, let us know. But yeah, we we definitely need you to let us know. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, follow me on under all the social medias on Chub Rock. Uh, Maya, what about you? Hey, they can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Don Fisher. It's a public profile. Give me a follow. Shoot me a message. Let's talk about fun, geeky shit, talk wrestling. Uh, but don't be a creep. There you go. Um, Go check out our other podcast where we review uh, uh, the finale of Percy Jackson and uh, the entire five-episode series of uh, He-Man Revolutions. Um, and we kind of, I kind of go over the, the, the fucking uh, Suicide Squad um, kill the Justice League drama that's been happening. That's annoying. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. We'll, uh, hopefully, we'll see. You'll see more of this, and y'all take care. I shouldn't say that's your line. Oh, that's all right. I just want to wish everybody well on their future endeavors. <laughs>